Hello. Thank you for joining me for worship today on this 16th Sunday after Pentecost. Let us begin with the confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Gracious God, throughout the ages, you transform sickness into health and death into life. Open us to the power of your presence and make us a people ready to proclaim your promises to the whole world through Jesus Christ, our healer and Lord. Amen. A reading from James. Not many of you should be teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect and able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships, though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is fire. The tongue is placed among other members, as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives, or a grapevine figs? No more. Can salt water yield fresh? Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, 
and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As it says in the reading from James, we have to be careful how we use our tongues. Peter found that out in today's Gospel reading from Mark. As Jesus and his disciples were walking along on their way to Caesarea Philippi, Jesus engaged them in a conversation about the rumors that were circulating about his identity. He asked them what they had heard from the other people. They told him about the guesses people were making as to his identity, such as John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked them a very personal question. Who do you say that I am? In other words, when you hear people make these wild guesses, what do you say to them? Peter was quick to tell Jesus that he thought Jesus was the Messiah that they had been waiting for. Although I'm sure Jesus was pleased that Peter understood who Jesus was, Jesus was adamant that they not contradict the people with the correct answer. This must have puzzled Peter and the other disciples. Why couldn't they correct the people and tell them who Jesus really was? Well, Jesus did not want the disciples to use their tongues to talk about Jesus as the Messiah. He wanted people to experience Jesus and come to their own conclusions. He realized that being told about his true identity would not necessarily help them believe unless they saw for themselves. Now, could the disciples keep from telling others as they had been told? Could they manage their tongues for the sake of Jesus' ministry? They continued on their way, and Jesus began to talk to them about his death and resurrection. This was a very hard concept for the disciples to understand. First of all, they did not want to lose Jesus. They were comfortable with their roles as followers of Jesus. What would they do if Jesus died? If it wasn't bad enough that Jesus was talking about dying, he was also talking about rising from the dead. What kind of crazy talk was that? The disciples had never seen anyone who died come back again, and they were sure it was impossible. Instead of just listening to Jesus and accepting what he was saying, because after all, Peter just declared him the Messiah, Peter tells him, that what he is saying is crazy. Peter tells him that there is no way he would know if he was going to die, and even if he did die, how could he possibly come back from the dead? This made Jesus mad. One minute Peter is declaring Jesus the Messiah, sent from God, and the next minute he is calling him crazy, and telling him he does not know what he was talking about. Just as it says in James, first Peter blessed Jesus, then he cursed him. His tongue got him in a lot of trouble. 
Peter seemed to have that problem several times while he was with Jesus. The most dramatic may have been when he told Jesus he would never deny him, only to do so when he was accused of being one of Jesus' disciples after Jesus had been arrested. How many of us are shaking our heads at Peter and his failure to stand by Jesus, believe in him, and follow his example? Maybe we had better be careful about condemning Peter until we stop and think about how we act toward Jesus. I'm sure we can all think of a time when we have come to worship and blessed Jesus only to walk out the door and do something that would defy all Jesus has taught us. As it says in James, no one can tame the tongue. With it we bless the Lord, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. I don't think any of us can say we are not like this. How does it feel to know that you are just like Peter? You go back and forth between praising Jesus and denying him. You come to worship and ask for forgiveness, and then go out and sin again. But guess what? None of us can tell you we are better than you are. When Jesus chose his first disciples, he didn't look for the most upstanding people in the community. He came to the ones others did not always regard as worthy. He didn't choose them because he thought they would always be loyal, but he did believe that they would all try their hardest to be faithful. Maybe those are the same reasons Jesus has chosen all of us. Not because we would always be loyal and never stray, but because we will always come back to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. None of us have been able to tame our tongues. We all fall short when it comes to remembering that everyone is made in the likeness of God. We are too quick to condemn those who refuse to think and behave as we do. We fail to listen to others and try to understand them. We form our opinions too quickly. We plant our feet and refuse to move. Jesus just shakes his head, just like he did with Peter. He tells us that he knew this would happen, even when we refuse to believe that we act this way. I don't think we have failed to learn from Jesus. I think we failed to take what Jesus has taught us and put it into action. It's a lot easier to do what we have always done and hope that Jesus will forgive us. The last words in the gospel for today may be the most important words for us to consider. Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. We all know that there will be a time when we will have to account for our actions. But how would we feel if Jesus stood in front of us and told us that he was ashamed of us. I don't think it would feel very good, and by then it's too late to change. But it's not too late now. 
How can we become more accepting, offer God's grace and mercy, and be willing to love others as God loves us? Those are questions we all need to ponder and try to put into action. If Jesus came up to you and asked you, who do you say I am? What would be your answer? Let's hope it would be, you are Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and the one who wants me to love others as much as I love you. Amen. Using the words of the Apostles' Creed, let us confess our holy faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Revealing God, you have made yourself known through bread and wine, water and word. Continue to nurture your church so it is a place where your presence is experienced and shared. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creating God, you brought forth life and called it good. Bring new creation to lands devastated by tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, and fires. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protecting God, you desire all people to live in peace and safety. Provide for all who are in danger. Be with all those in military service and their families, especially Andrew Grau. May their, safe, may their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Transforming God, you announce release to the captives and freedom from oppression. Be with all those who suffer in any way, especially those listed in our bulletin, those we carry in our hearts, and those we name aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Forming God, you gather this community together, shape our communal life that we honor you in all we do. We give thanks for those who have come forward to teach our children. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Redeeming God, you accompany your people through every stage of life. We give you thanks for the saints who now rest in your embrace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts, known only to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Great is
Go in peace. Remember the poor. Thanks be to God.